Well, there's some folks in Olympia who are really starting to show their true colors. And their true colors are anti-farming in Washington State. It's getting ugly down there, to be quite honest with you. This is The Farming Show here on KGMI News Talk 790. I'm Dylan Honkoop, our sponsors, Farmers Equipment Company, Laurel Farm and Western Supply, McAvoy Oil. We talked last week with State Senator Doug Erickson down in Olympia about some stuff going on. Things have got even have gotten even worse since then. Um, and, and even then, last week when we were talking with Senator Erickson, we didn't have time to get into some of the detail of some of the things that his colleagues are saying in public, on TV in some cases, about farming. Not just completely ignorant, but actually offensive. And, and of course, this slavery bill, don't know what else to call it, um, kind of catches most people's attention. So a lot of people have been talking about that and are aware of that, but it's gone so far beyond that. Um, joining me on, on the program this morning, Rosella Mosby, Mosby Farms down in the Auburn area. She's been following this all very closely. She's involved with Farm Bureau uh, and farming advocacy just on her own and on social media. Roselle, what is going on in Olympia? I mean, this is this is insanity. Some of the things that are being said are, are just beyond the pale. It is interesting to say the least, and um, I, I I think that uh, it's almost like we're the wimpy kids on the playground, just kind of getting beat up out there. I think agriculture is. It, it's uh, we're black and blue almost. There's no green in agriculture in Olympia these days. So for people who haven't been following, what, how, how do you explain it to them? What, what's been going on? What kinds of things are being said? Well, it seems like there's, uh, there's an element, um, especially out of King County, uh, downtown Seattle, a uh, little north specifically, that is, that is just straight up anti-agriculture. There's a H-2A bill that wants to attach a state fee on top of an, a fee that already exists on a federal level. Um, there's this slavery bills, what they're calling it, um, which we all know that slavery is illegal. So um, it, it just is offensive to every farmer, I think, in the state. And uh, when you have when you have people like uh, um, Saldana standing or sitting in a transportation meeting and out of uh, the blue in a transportation meeting saying things like, you know, we really should take a look at agriculture and figure out, you know, what is the the nexus to the the public benefit of agricultural exemptions, and maybe we should take a look at at um, repealing some of these. And then you have uh, McCoy in the H two A hearing saying that farmers don't pay taxes, and you know. What? I mean, every farmer in the state has to be going, you're kidding me, right? We pay plenty of taxes. We're paying, paying taxes on equipment. We're paying taxes on land. I mean, where do we start? So um, I think I a don't better know. question is, where do we stop? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Where do they stop? Yeah. That is the question. Yeah, where point. are they going to stop? Somebody needs to like say, hey, you know, have you been to a farm? And and I know that at least one of them have have uh, been to more than one farm. So did they open their eyes while they were there? That is my question. 
Well, I, I think the, the point, though, and, and this is the part that's most scary about it, is it's not just these com- people complaining that farmers you know, get some kind of tax exemption or you know, on different things. I think that was the issue, particularly with Senator Saldana. It, it's the suggestion that they shouldn't have any of these things because their farming doesn't bring a public benefit to justify it. And and to me, that's the most troubling. I I have, let's play this clip. I have this clip here of Senator Saldana. Just get ready though. You know, if you're listening here, this is a little, you know, legislative jargon filled soundbite. But if you take it apart, it's pretty disturbing. So listen to this clip. Um, Rosella, our guest, Rosella Mosby of Mosby Farms down in Auburn, sent this to me, what, a week or two ago when this happened. I should get some audio, by the way, of, of Senator, you said Senator McCoy, uh, talking, basically making a similar comment. Of farmers don't pay enough in taxes. Listen to this, though. Listen to her justification. This is just, again, in passing in the Transportation Committee. They're talking about something else, and she has to get a dig in there about farmers who you know they don't have they don't pay the highway tax on the fuel that they use <laughs> that that's apparently a bad thing to her and this is her justification take a listen to this so, you guys can go ahead i just want to say like as we're looking at um how we pay i do think it is important to think about where the exemptions and making sure that anything that is being exempted from tax um or paying their fair share has a real nexus with the public benefit. So similarly to our buses, having not paying into our fuels, I mean, I think also at agriculture, um, our, what the food that we produce, but there's a lot of exemptions for our agriculture industry, not always um, clear with, with a nexus to what the benefit is for the public. So there it is. What is the nexus? To the explain what that means in normal people speak for those of us out here on the farm, Rosella. Oh my gosh, I, it just makes my head want to explode. I mean, immediately, like I go to the list of the benefits, right? Uh, water storage, carbon sequestration, habitat and buffer maintenance, local food access and security, direct food bank donations. I mean, those those are just the first things that pop into my head. Protecting I, protecting rural areas and open spaces, protecting local rural cultures and families. And oh <laughs> my god! Yeah, I like, can start uh, rattling them off we, too. Yeah, I mean, we the land that our main farm is on is FPP uh, land in King County, so it's you know it's preserved. It'll always be farmland. We are stewards of that land. We are responsible for making sure that makes it to the next generation. And and so I mean, if we don't farm that. Who, Who's going to take care of that if we're not maintaining that? I, I just well, and I, and you're lucky that you have that pr- level of protection for your land because a lot of farmland in this state doesn't have that, and we know that when those farms uh, become unprofitable, get to the point where they can't survive economically, they go out of business, which is happening. It's not just a, a made up story as a, a, something to scare people. This is really happening. What happens to that ground then? is it's at suddenly at huge risk for being developed, which is exactly what these people say that they don't want. Right. Or it sits and then it and then it turns into a wetland and you'll never be able to do anything with it. And it doesn't produce anything that benefits, um, you know, a food bank and you're not growing anything on it. And so I, I don't know. I just it it is um, overwhelmingly frustrating to have 
people who don't find the value in agriculture, especially somebody from a city who is uh, living in a place that is so incredibly unnatural, right? Yeah. Judging people living uh, who provide their, you know, we have this bumper sticker on the farm that says, you know, if you don't like farmers, stop eating problem solved. Like, so does she <laughs> eat a salad while she writes these bills? Like, I mean, I, I don't know, like, what does she eat? I, I, cause I, I don't get it. You know, we can, we can, I mean, come to the, when you talk about the slavery bill, I mean, is anybody talking about the dollar fifty tank tops you can buy? Or, you know, if we're talking about, um, buying peppers two for a dollar, I mean, those are important imported from somewhere, most likely from Mexico, where where uh, minimum wage is $5 a day. Uh, so is that okay? But yet we're paying one of the highest minimum wages in the country and our farms in King County. So we're living in the most expensive county in the state. We're competing with warehouses and construction and paying a dollar per hour bonus payable at the end of the season, trying to get people to stay until the end of the season. And so we're paying a lot for our labor. And so what, what makes that not okay? So we're complaining about, about what I I'm, it, it is such yeah, a, there's this misnomer me. out there that if, if farmers would just quit making millions and just yeah. donate a little bit of that to, to paying their workers a little bit more, there wouldn't be these problems. I know a lot of people, it really wouldn't matter if they, doubled their wages they wouldn't get the people that they need to get the job done yeah i i would like to see where the millions are i mean last uh the last couple seasons have been pretty rough for fresh market produce <laughs> i mean Cal california got rain right so they have an extra half million acres they get 2.3 crops per r1 so when we're having our uh time to make the money for the whole whole year they're uh, dumping their fresh market produce on our market for cheap, whatever they can truck it up for. And, and it's, um, it's kind of changed the last few years. And so, so it's getting harder to play the game. Well, and, and the reality is these, these farmers aren't just sitting there getting rich. They're on the verge of going out of business in a lot of cases. Cause a, I mean, yeah, fresh produce is struggling. A lot of stuff is struggling. A lot more things are struggling than are not right now in farming in right. Washington state. And, and then beyond that to put us at the competitive disadvantage that some of these things do. I mean, it's, it's completely opposite from the narrative that's being shared is that these people are not getting rich doing this. They're barely making it. And so they pay as much as they can and still survive as a, some kind of, you know, you know, economic, economically viable, and that maybe it's taking a little bit too far. Um, somehow surviving economically operation, uh, and and that's it. And so they pay what they can, and and you know, I, I don't know. I just got into this Twitter um, thing recently talking with Mo Rosella Mosby uh, with Mosby Farm. She's familiar. She's on Twitter, so she knows the the Twitter sphere and how crazy it gets. But someone, I, I was sharing a story talking about H2A and, 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 you know, we've been hearing from these activists, community to community development, their director, their executive director, uh, Rosalinda Guillen saying in testimony uh, recently down in Olympia, two legislators saying there is no worker shortage. I'm not making that up. That's a direct quote from what she said. There is no worker shortage. So it, 
to talk about a little bit of that, I shared the recent Washington Post coverage about the farm worker shortage across the country and, and how real it is and the things that are going on and what's going on with the H-2A program. It was actually a pretty good piece uh, from Washington Post, of all places, talking about how tough it is and why H-2A workers are needed and how um, protective the program is. And of course, somebody jumps in right away and says, we really need to talk about this type of thinking in American discourse because they, he said, he pointed out there, there was one line, they did the low wage manual labor that Americans were unwilling to do. And that's hierarchical positioning taking place out in the open is what he said. Like, why do we have 10 million people not in the labor workforce, but millionaires and billionaire companies still get politicals to use this dehumanizing lingo so farmers can feel justified in not paying a proper wage to do farm work? Mm. What? Hmm. That, this so, is the perception of the people who don't know the facts and don't know the reality. And they're again, to sum it up, people are just thinking, well, farmers just pay more. Get, get, get on with it. Yeah. Well, at the end of the day, people don't want to pay more for their food either. And so who, um, interesting, I had a conversation with a produce company owner who, who said, you know, Hey, the grocers don't want to pay more. I mean, we're getting squeezed and it's like, well, yeah, uh, the people getting squeezed the most are the farmers. And then, you know, so we have, we have higher wages cause we're trying to just get people to work. Right. And we're trying to compete with, um, industries in our area just to get people to come to the farm and work. And we hire everybody who walks through the door. We have kids on our farm I mean, we have a youth crew. We're, we're creative. We had 14 different countries represented on our farm last year, speaking over eight different languages. Right. So, I mean, we're not, we're not just picky. Not everybody's from Mexico. We had, um, Afghanistans and Japanese and West Africans. And I mean, we're, we're salable at our farm. And so, um, for, for people to, to make the assumption that everybody is coming from Mexico is, is just not, uh, not a correct assumption. What, what you said though, about community to community and their claim that there's not a worker shortage for a government agency like ESD to authorize 30,000 uh, H2E, H2A visas means that there is a worker shortage of 30,000 people to bring in harvest. End of story. So they don't there, there actually have a claim. ESD and plenty of other government agencies, local, state, national, have all verified this. Lots of news reporting has the experience of so many farmers and yet these people t continue to try to claim, even with all that evidence out there, that there is somehow no worker shortage. It's, it's unbelievable, and it defies logic. You have to have, and this is one thing that I pointed out in the fact check of all this, you have to have such a huge tinfoil hat on to make the claim that there's some kind of conspiracy that farmers and the State Employment Security Department and the yeah. Washington Post and the Wall Street Journal and <laughs> the TV, yeah. TV stations. I mean, if you're just talking about Washington State TV stations in Seattle, they're all somehow conspiring to create this perception of a worker shortage. They're all working together for who knows what benefit exactly. That's what these people are trying. They're trying to convince the public that... The <laughs> that that's what's going on. I, I, sadly, people don't know enough, though, to realize just how much bunk that all is. Yeah, yeah. I um, I don't know. There's a hidden agenda somewhere along there, 
And uh, it's made its way to downtown Seattle and plopped itself in Olympia, unfortunately. That's pretty awful. So, and and we need to talk more about this. Uh, we're running short on time. And I know you've got to run talking with Rosella Mosby uh, this morning here on the Farming Show. Uh, Dylan Honkoop with you here on KGMI. We need to talk some more at, at some point about this H-2A bill. Um, from what I understand, it's now passed the Senate um, on a party line vote. Um, that something like this that is based on uh, all kinds of false testimony would continue on this far through our system is pretty disheartening uh, to an observer like myself. Um, I'm sure you're beyond frustrated when, when you see something like this going on down there. Well, let's hope, let's hope the house likes to uh, eat. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think that there's a, <laughs> there's a lack of understanding of just how bad this bill is and how threatening it is and, and what it really means. So again, yep. Rosella Mosby uh, with Farm Bureau and, and uh, with Mosby Farms down there in Auburn. Thanks for your time on the program this morning. Always a pleasure, Dylan. Thanks for having me.